Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern, and I'm so grateful to have you here with me today. And also so grateful to have my dear friend Melina Puente back. Melina, hello, and thanks for being here. So glad to be here, Carrie. So I asked you a couple weeks ago if you'd be willing to come back, and if you would pick a verse for us, and you picked Romans 8, verse 39. So I'd like to read verse 39, and then I kind of want to talk just really quickly, of course, about the context, about the author, and then I'm going to throw it over to you, Melina, because I really want to hear the truth that God has given you from this verse, and then, of course, we're also going to get to the choice that you would encourage our listeners to make from Romans 8.39. So Romans 8.39 says this, No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. So obviously the words sky above and the words earth below, those are pretty obvious. And when you look at those words in the Greek, it means exactly what it's saying. And I was laughing with you earlier, you know, Paul is one of those authors, he's pretty black and white. When he says something, it's what he means, you know? So oftentimes when I'm reading the Pauline epistles and I I go into the Greek and I'm like, okay, is there something else to uncover here? I laugh because it's like, no, sky means up above, you know, below means down below. But the one word that I did want to pull out here real quickly, when it says nothing in all creation, I think this is really significant because the word, it's ketisis in the Greek. It actually means created thing, specifically a governmental institution. And that just kind of caught my attention, that it's specifically referring to the fact that man, governments, institutions organized religion or anything that is man-made cannot separate us from the love of God. And, you know, when I reflect on 2020 and all of the division in our country over politics, I think this is an important reminder that that is not of God. Because if a government institution can't separate us from God, it also should not be separating us from each other. So before I throw it over to you, Melina, I do want to back up just a little bit. This this whole chapter is so rich. It's so full. It's so important. But I want to do a quick summary so that as I throw it over to you to share some truth, we can feel the full weight of this verse because this is the last verse in Romans chapter 8. It's the exclamation point of Romans chapter 8. So to get the weight of the exclamation, we have to know the context, right? Yes. So Romans chapter 8 is one of my favorite chapters. I said that last week. I'm going to say it again. And it is absolutely the chapter that I refer to the most when I'm meeting with my clients in counseling sessions. And the reason for that is it goes up against what I call the big three spiritually. The big three principalities, the three big struggles that we face as spirit-filled believers are condemnation, abandonment, and fear. And Romans chapter 8 goes right out of the gate in verse 1. And it says, now, therefore, there is no condemnation. That, therefore, is a kickback to Romans chapter 7, where Paul is laying out for us his sin problem. 
He's saying, I have a gross, disgusting sin problem, but thank God the answer is found not in my ability to do better. My answer to my sin problem is found in Jesus Christ. Now, therefore, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So we start with the no condemnation. This chapter continues on talking about life in the spirit, the power available to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 11 talks about we have the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead alive inside of us. It continues on telling us that the Holy Spirit in verse 26 prays for us. We don't even know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us when we don't know how to pray. So it's this beautiful, powerful unpacking of there's no condemnation and there's no abandonment because we have been adopted versus 15 through 17 so much so that we should be calling him abba father right yes so this whole chapter is leading up to verses 31 through 39 and the header on that is nothing can separate us from god's love The context, again, being because we are now living in the spirit, because we are full of his spirit, we can never be separated from him. So Paul, in verse 31, he starts talking about everything that's going to come against us, the accusations, again, that condemnation. He's saying, don't take the bait. That's not of God. And then I want to start reading in verse 35 through verse 39 to set you up, Melina, to talk about this truth. So as we're looking at this life in the spirit, as we're looking at now there's no condemnation, now there's no abandonment because of the love of God. What does that mean? Now there's no fear. That's number three, no condemnation, no abandonment, no fear because why? Love destroys fear right? So this is all about going up against that spirit of fear. So it's this beautiful unpacking of breaking down the condemnation, the abandonment, the fear in our life. So let me read Romans 8, starting in verse 35 to kind of set you up, tee you up for this exclamation point in verse 39. Can anything ever separate us from from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, if we're persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I love that picture right there. That's verse 37, Melina. And the literal definition of that verse in the Greek into the English, it says, we are in the process of constantly winning. I love that. Yes. That's not a feeling. That's not an emotion. He's saying that's the truth. You're winning today because of Christ Jesus, regardless of what your circumstances look like. You're a winner. Believe it. Claim it. Walk in it. Now, verse 38 And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor the angels, nor the demons, neither our fears today, our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Here's our verse again. No power in the sky, above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So Melina, 
as you meditate on the weight of this chapter leading up to this exclamation point in verse 39, what is the truth that jumps out for you? The biggest thing that came out as I looked at all of the truth that's in this is that the more Jesus is revealed, the more of God's love I can experience. Mm. And so in that process of experiencing his love, and I was reminded several times when I first accepted the Lord very early on that there was some pain I was experiencing, some challenges I was experiencing, and I was very quick to say, Lord, I need your help. Jesus, help me. And there was this flood of peace that allowed me to uh, endure it. There was still the pain, the challenge I still had to walk through, but there was a peacefulness that I was able to walk through in the sense of, you're with me. So then fast forward, uh, I really appreciate the wisdom God's given you. Uh, These last couple weeks, as you've shared with me and and the things that I've shared um, about what I'm walking through and trying to experience more of God's love, I realize I'm trying to do things on my own. Mm. And so it's in that dependence. uh, I feel like I'm trying to hide from him and I forgot that I'm the one who chose him. Like I said yes to you, Jesus. Mm. And I inherited all of those beautiful things that are in, and as you summarized in chapter eight. And so now for me, letting him kick down the wall, literally, that I have been building. And you so eloquently reminded me that when I built the walls up, I was protecting myself and they were useful. Mm. But now I'm keeping the good stuff from coming in. Mm -hmm. And that's the part for me that I want to just share is this is a relationship I have with Jesus. And if I'm not experiencing his love, I can't give it away either. Mm. So it's this culmination of joy of And still kind of like, oh, the old way worked. I could do it myself, but no, it doesn't work. And letting myself remember, I have to ask for help. I have to allow myself to say yes to the things that are coming in that he wants me to experience. Mm -hmm. I would say the first sound alarm my spirit gave me a couple weeks ago, I had someone try to give me a compliment. Mm. And I was so quick to like bat it out. Like I was this pro tennis player just bam, knocked it back. And mm-hmm. I didn't, re- I didn't want to receive it. And my spirit was so quick to go, what are you doing? Mm. Like that, I want to use people to bless you, to encourage you, to love you, to show you uh, how much I care, Melina. I'm right here with you all the time. And so that was a beautiful place for me to stop and check. If I'm not receiving other people's love, how on earth am I going to be able to receive the love of God and what he has for me? Wow. Wow. Absolutely. And I love your vulnerability. Thank you for being so honest. And one of the things that really jumped out to me that you said, I was hiding from Jesus. And don't we just think we can do that, right? And it's comical. I always get the picture of Adam and Eve hiding in the Garden of Eden after they ate the fruit that God commanded them not to eat. And the word tells us that they were hiding. They heard God walking in the garden and they're like, oh, let's go hide ourselves, you know, because we're naked. You can't hide from him. But that is the throwback to how Paul starts this chapter. That's that condemnation. It's that voice of condemnation that is convincing us that we should be ashamed But like Paul, we need to say, wait, 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 there isn't shame anymore. There isn't condemnation anymore. That's not a thing anymore because of Christ Jesus. You know, Colossians 3 says, Melina, that when the Father now looks at us 
We are hidden in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's a mind-blowing thing. Like, we're not going to get that this side of heaven. When the father looks at Melina, he sees Jesus because you are hidden in Jesus Christ. And if we can, for one moment, ask the Holy Spirit to help that just take over our mind and our thoughts today, like we're seeing our gross and our yuck, like Paul is looking at his gross and yuck in Romans chapter seven, the chapter preceding our chapter eight this week. And he's saying the same thing. If I sit and I look at myself, I am disgusting. I am ashamed, but when I look at how much Jesus loves me, yes, not only can I receive the love of humans around me, but I can fully receive the Father's love because I'm promised in the word that everything that belongs to Jesus now belongs to me. But I think for me personally, Melina, even more important, when the Father looks at me, he sees Jesus. Mm. I am covered. I am hidden in Jesus Christ. That is this beautiful picture that we're getting here. And you know, I can't help it as I'm looking at the verse right before our verse of the week, verse 39. I keep going back to this statement in verse 38 that says, neither death nor life, nothing can separate us. And then again, it's reiterated in our verse of the week, verse 39, nothing above, nothing below, indeed, nothing in all of creation can separate us. And we just celebrated Easter yesterday. And this picture of Jesus taking on our sin on the cross and burying it in the grave. The sin died in the grave, but Jesus rose victorious over the grave. And that's an invitation for us to say, like you are in real time, being honest today, as you're sharing with all of us, I still have shame. I still have times where I want to hide. That needs to be put in the grave. That needs to die so that what Jesus Christ accomplished on Easter morning can be made alive in me. You know, one of the things I don't share a lot, and not because I'm ashamed of it, but because it doesn't always have a context and I don't ever want to make things about me, but I was actually sexually assaulted on Easter morning many, many, many years ago. And I remember how crippling that was for me as I got older and I really wanted to have a intimate relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. And I felt like that happening to me on that day made me so dark and there was something so wrong and so perverse about me that that actually kept me from feeling worthy of having an intimate relationship with the Father. Until Jesus reached through the wall that you're talking about today, broke through the wall of that shame, that prison, and called me into the light of his presence and his love. And he said, put that to death. Your past died. It's in the grave. And that happening on Easter Sunday now is one of the reasons that I celebrate Easter with the vengeance that I do. It's it's why it's my favorite holiday now, because that old life, that sin that I was living in, the sin done to me has died. It's been put in the grave and my new life is now resurrected and it's found in Jesus Christ. So this passage to me ties into Easter, which we just celebrated yesterday. If death can't separate Jesus from the father, then death can't separate us from Jesus 
And all that is in our lives that is not of him, like you're talking about the shame, the trying to hide from him. When we put all of that to death, we get to live in the resurrected power of the love of Jesus Christ in our lives in real time. And I love that you pointed out, Melina, that if God is able to reach you, you know, to reach us, you know, yesterday in, in our past, he, he did it in the past, he can do it again today. We're constantly needing to apply this. We're constantly needing to learn this, constantly needing to be vulnerable and say, you know, apart from him and receiving his love, I'm going to go back into that shame. But he's constantly calling us into more. So as you reflect on all of this, and it's a lot, like this is a lot for us to try to tackle in, in one session here. But but as you reflect on all of this, Melina, what is it that you pull out as a choice that our listeners can make? In light of Easter, Carrie, uh, the first thing to me is, have you said yes to the greatest love that there is available to you? Is have you given your life to Jesus? If, if you haven't, uh, gosh, email us at Unfettered Ministries website. There is no greater love than this, than a man who laid down his life. And I want to cry. Um, it's, it's the promise he gave us that this is the greatest love available. And so when we say yes to receiving it, it's, it's going to be with us consistently. For those of us who have said yes to Jesus, I, I would ask that the choice that you make each day is to remember, and I'm going to share wise words that you shared with me not too long ago, Carrie, which was healing is a process. And so when I try to fix things on my own, I realize I'm not going to get very far. But if I choose to surrender the situation, the circumstance to Jesus and trust that there is a new layer of healing available for me through Christ Jesus and the love that is available, um, it is a beautiful day ahead for sure. Yeah. Thank you for that. It's a one-time choice to say yes to him, to say yes to this love. I want you to be my savior. I want you to come in and invade all of the condemnation, the abandonment and the fear in my life and then destroy it and put it in the grave. And then it's also a daily choice, isn't it? Yes. I choose today to say yes to your love, to live in the promise of this verse because this verse is a promise. And the promise is that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. And I actually want to read it as we close in the message because I love how this is stated in the message. So again, this is Paul talking, and this is a little bit more modern spin on what Paul is saying. And it's very accurate to the Greek as well. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. We are embraced by him. And I love that picture, Melina, because I don't always embrace him back. But I get this picture, right, of a father with a bratty little kid who wants to squirm out of his daddy's arms. You know, I don't want you to hug me. I'm mad at you. And, and, And the father's just holding the son tight. Like, you know what, sweetie, you don't have a choice because I'm bigger and I'm stronger and my power, my love for you is greater than your fear. I'm going to hold you until you want to be held. Yes. Sometimes we go running into his arms, but sometimes we don't. 
And so wherever we're at today, listener, if we're in a place of surrendering to his love and and asking for it and receiving it readily, or if we're in a place where we're feeling a little bit rebellious, we're feeling a little bit hard-hearted because he hasn't answered our prayers the way we want him to, or he's not allowing us to live in the fullness of what we think our life should look like at this point in our story. The beauty is he's embracing us and even we can't separate ourselves from his love. Yes. I love that Paul's saying nothing external can separate us from the love of God, but I think it's a worthy reminder that we also are not powerful enough to separate ourselves from the love of God. Like it says here in the message, he's going to embrace us because that's who he is. He's going to love us even when we don't want to be loved. We can't stop him from loving us. Amen. Nothing external and nothing internal can separate us from the love of God. So I love that choice. And I pray that it's a choice that we make to choose the power of his love, to surrender to the power of his love, but to surrender to it, we must first acknowledge it. And we must acknowledge that it is more powerful than the condemnation, the abandonment, and the fear coming against us today. So I want to pray and I want to just ask that God would help all of us to make this choice this week. And before I pray, I want to say I am so excited because next week I'm going to actually be with my mom, Carol Kenyon, and we're yes. going to be in Proverbs 3, 5 together. And I just can't wait for that because she is a woman of the word and she has been teaching the Bible and studying the Bible and writing on the Bible for years and years and years. And she is just a wealth of wisdom. So I cannot wait for that. Melina, thank you so much for being here today. And, you know, as we've been talking, it's really, really clear to me that we're going to need to spend a couple weeks on Romans 8 in the not too distant future, because I really want us to go back and to unpack this, you know, love destroying the condemnation, love destroying the abandonment, love destroying the fear in our lives. So we kind of got to the exclamation point of this passage today, because I really feel it ties in so beautifully with Easter. But I do want to go back and I want to spend more time in this chapter with you in the weeks ahead, if that's okay with you. Yes, let's Fan do it. Fantastic. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you for your love that we can never be separated from. I thank you that there's no power in the sky above or in the earth below, that nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from your love, God, that is revealed in your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that we are safe, we are held, we are embraced. And I thank you that when you look at us, you see Jesus. We don't understand that. We never will. But I thank you that we are hidden in your son, Jesus Christ. And we are safe in your love today. That we don't have to hide from you, as Melina has so eloquently reminded us. We don't have to hide. You see everything and you love us completely. You love us in our places of struggle and questioning and confusion. And when we want to hide, you call us out of our hiding and you remind us that you love us just as we are while always calling us into more. I pray that we would be men and women that choose you, choose to trust your love more than we look at our own shortcomings, more than we look at the condemnation, the shame in our own lives, or believing the lie that we've been abandoned by you, that we would put on your spirit of adoption, that we would fearlessly choose to receive your love today and in the days ahead. And it is in the strong and powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website 
at fetterfree.org.